0: Is everything you need to make in a podcast, all in one spot. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, look, that's what I did. 5-Minute Warning, almost 100 episodes in. Get Anchor. The following program is rated M-A-L. It contains strong
1: language. It is intended only for mature
0: audiences.
2: This week on the 5-Minute Warning.
1: These are the most progressive people ever. The first people ever to press charges on somebody for having bad breath. Like, how many times have you been stuck in a conversation with somebody and you wish you could arrest them for that? If you're of
3: a, a, an opinion when it comes to Black Lives Matter and Reform the Police that is diametrically opposed to mine, you're not going to enjoy these books. And to be perfectly frank, I don't want you to enjoy these books.
0: Hold on, man. Did you use <laughs> the term, Bio infrastructure? That might be the biggest word that's ever been on this show. This dude showed up with a pool floaty
2: with no pool. I will never come out of that. I, this is the only thing I got out of it because when I read it, I read it three times to make sure that what I read was actually what I'm reading. I'm like, are you for real? And no. The five minute warning.
1: Okay, students, this is your five minute warning. I repeat, five minute warning.
0: Silence, this is the five minute warning with Ruben Brown happening right now. Hello everyone. Once again, another episode of the five minute warning. I am so glad that you have joined us today. This is actually a pretty cool episode. Um, yes, as you can tell there are three of us. However, Mo B has not turned white. <laughs> that is JG And we'll introduce you to him in a second But of course we do have AG always on the ones and twos What's happening y'all how you doing? Um We l- appreciate you Listening to us either on Facebook Watch Or on Twitch Um we are also looking to expand to maybe YouTube or some other stuff but Until all the business goes down I can't really talk about it Um Really, it's nothing to talk about I just, I feel like I should say that Makes it sound important But, today, Mo um, B will be joining us later Um, Hopefully Um He's, from what I can tell, he's not under the weather He just in here So, but, we do have JD, I uh, hope I don't butcher your name Coonigan. again? Yes Ah, ah. yes Yes no because i was going to say Cunningham. i thought
2: it was Cunningham, but okay
0: Cunningham. all right all right so thank you uh jd will call you for joining the show um thanks thank we'll, for having me oh, no problem mm-hmm. you know we'll get into a little bit of the the books and stuff that you've written um and what's the future of your books so we'll get to that in a little bit but i have to talk about some of that's a little bit more important, unfortunately. Not, not saying that you're not important, but you know, I feel like I have to get this off my chest early in the in the in the show.
2: <laughs>
0: as you can tell, the boy I knew it was coming. is wearing the aforementioned Redskins, well, Washington football team old jersey, because as everybody knows we did a little work yeah. yesterday yeah. Just, a, just a little bit but I will say this we did have help from your coach so thank your coach what, yeah, did, our coach because, what did
2: our coach do in particular that helped y'all
0: well I mean fourth quarter fourth and ten on that 23 a fake put not the smartest idea <laughs> okay
2: I wasn't there for that I didn't see that nah.
0: well it was 20 to 16 going into the fourth quarter right and then the rails just came off. Yeah, it did. Like I, I guess they decided, hey, we tank it for, for Trevor, so we ain't got to pay the other dude. So <laughs> yeah. And basically, the, the, the real messed up part about it was that after they decided that they want to, they wanted to not play good special teams and stuff like that. Simply, what happened was Gibson. Got the ball, 23 yards skipped to a touchdown, and to make it worse, about the five yard line, he turned around and waved bye to whoever was chasing him in a <laughs> in a cows uniform. Now, I have rechristened the Dallas Cowboys as cows, the Dallas Cows. Because it is not fair to put a gender on something so terrible. It's just not. Okay. They they're bad. They're a bad team. And nothing should be associated. And I almost feel bad calling them just cows, but I feel like I have no other options. So, right now, for the rest of the season at least, to me, they will be called the Dallas cows. And I hope I don't offend any cows. But it is what it is, man. I mean, it, you know, what, I think it was 41-16? Really? I mean, if we're not good, we're the Washington football team's not good. We're playing with house money. If we make the playoffs, if we win a division, awesome. Are we looking to? Heck no. Four and seven, we should be like, uh, oh. let me say we about to get the eighth and ninth pick in the draft. Who are we looking at? Nah, we got people out here talking about playoffs. And I'm just like, meh. Well yeah, I, mean it's, I right. mean it's
2: truthful. I mean all it takes all it's gonna take is like maybe six wins to get in, for sure. I mean y'all in first place now.
0: I mean we got four wins, we're four and seven, there are five wins, there's five games left. I mean, I would probably say seven, simply because the Giants have the tiebreaker over us and the Eagles have the tie.
2: I Wish. still I still say six games, This should do it. Because all oh, the teams that all the teams that you mentioned are as awful, so.
0: But you know we're we're the only team that was supposed to be awful.
2: Like Man, I, I agree. I agree. Well, the you and the Giants. I don't think anybody expected too too much out of the Giants, but essentially that's a true statement.
0: Well, yeah, Danny Dimes is trying to get his money back, so you know, because right now in, in the last season he was called Danny Pennies. I think he's like Danny Nichols right now, so. I mean, he's trying. But, you know, when you're running down the field and you trip on your own feet, I mean... That happens to a lot of people, dude. You know what? It doesn't happen to people on national TV. (laughs) Never
2: mind. I'm sorry. (laughs) I forgot
0: forgot who I was talking
2: to. Never mind.
0: I mean, I'm just trying to be real about it, man. You're you're trying trying to be be something.
2: You're trying to be something, but okay.
0: But... You know, I figure we got to start the show by celebrating the absolute destruction and impotence of the Dallas Cows. So, you know, it was, there it was, we go. It was
2: pretty bad. It was pretty bad.
0: I mean, it was 2016 going to fourth quarter, man. It was a close game. I was like, the Cows may beat us. No, nah, I, I and,
2: never thought it was, I never really thought it was close. I mean, the score might have said that, but I never really thought it was close.
0: I mean, and then once, um, alex smith threw off his back foot falling down to the ground he threw an interception and you would think it would be a pick six until mm-hmm. um you know we had our own um dj mccaff you know come and stop him so that that was awesome but i mean
2: and that was know. the beginning of the end as far as i was concerned. And it wasn't, it wasn't the initial tackle At the two or three or whatever it was It was everything that happened after that And they got forced into a field goal I was like, this game is so over That's probably why I wasn't paying attention to anything else after that I knew we were going to lose when that, when that happened I was like, really? Okay, never mind It wasn't meant for them
0: No But I digress Enough of, enough of enough
2: happiness, gloating? sadness
0: Enough gloating? Um, I don't think it's gloating I think it's just more truth
2: all said, it's just like Trump doesn't think the election was illegal, right?
0: Man, All we're right. gonna talk about that a little later. Because <laughs> I mean, you know, we almost we almost made one one show without talking about that dude directly. Dude, we'll came be, very we'll be, close.
2: It will be two years into Biden's uh, presidency, and we'll still be talking about that dude. Don't even worry. God, I hope not. Yes, don't even try. Not. I've been trying to tell
0: you this for about a year now. I need for us to go back to talking about crazy people doing dumb stuff. Well, that's kind of what's well, wrong. Well, that is crazy people well, doing dumb see, stuff. See, that's well, all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But it, shouldn't be, but it shouldn't be the same crazy person doing the same dumb stuff. But the show writes itself, though. I'm just saying, man. I mean, it, it is. It's true. <laughs> but we'll get to that a little bit later. So, JD, so I guess to be open and fair and honest, we've known each other for what like 18 years basically on and off something like that
3: something like that yeah it's been a long long time it's it's getting to be too long
0: yeah yeah you know you can only get so much of me i guess uh well i'm
3: i'm I'm talking about i think back to college was that long ago oh yeah oh yeah and then i realized you realize how old you're getting and and
0: i was already older (laughs) so yeah you were so I guess, quick, quick history lesson. Back in the early 2000s, I decided at the age of 30 that I was going to go back to school and get my degree from Old Main University in North Virginia, which I did. 2006, I walked. I didn't trip. He's, so that the point, he's pointing at it. <laughs> he's pointing at his diploma. I wish yeah. I had one of those. I need to get I one mean, my, mine was around here somewhere. I moved it because I didn't need people to. See information. Why not? So I don't know. Come on, it's whatever. So, um, where did oh I put it over there? So during this time, I truly decided that I wanted to be reimmersed in the college life at the age of thirty. I'm gonna live on a closer campus. I'm gonna work a job, and I'm gonna go to school. And me and some friends get a house about two blocks from campus, which I watched school every day, which was awesome. No, it wasn't. It, it was terrible. Um but then it was also during the time where Xbox came out. And so yes, as a 30 year old man trying to go back to school and reimmerse himself, he also reimbursed himself in video games. And there were some days where Halo won and <laughs> Odin did not. I was
2: gonna say video games are the death of every college student. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I did say I was going to go through the whole regular role of college so I did and um, so I got into WOD radio which was uh, I had a show I don't remember what time I had a show I would just play music that I wanted to play because that's what you do in college at a college radio station and then I met uh, a guy named Twinkie um Jason Bryant and you know, he was um, big into wrestling and stuff like that and somehow we got to talking and we talked about recreating WOD sports and then through that, I met JD and then we started we got in good with, you know the athletics department, I would say and between him and I and Jason and Moby Ah, and guess who just popped in there's Moby hey it's the grown man
2: what's up buddy
3: what's going on we don't raise our standards we have celebrity up in here (laughs) (laughs) the
0: old gang back together (laughs) the funny part about that Moby I'm literally telling the story about JD and I and then I see oh I literally just mentioned your name and you popped up. And I was like, wow. And so, um, you know, WOD Sports came back to life. We called the first male game, men's game in the TED, which was awesome, um, against North Carolina. Um, and then we called the games for years after that. Um, you know, we've had some highlights, I would say. We had our own sports show, um, Us Three, which was Interesting to say the least. <laughs> um you know, and then we called multiple games together. We got we got to call the NCAA tournament game, which is awesome. Um
1: we well, called we got to call one half of the game.
0: Well it's like a know, half, we, we, it's, we, we,
3: we called the full game. What what wait, helped wait, us wait. out was what helped us out was the game before ours went to overtime. Yes, that's right. And, and we because the the, huh. the only reason we were able to get there before tip off was because it was Syracuse and Vermont.
1: Yep, Syracuse, Vermont.
3: Syracuse and Vermont. That game went to overtime. And that's the only reason we made it to the arena and we were able to get on the air before the game started. Um, we played Michigan State that year. And I remember the first person I see when we walk in is Carol Hudson, who was the SID at, at ODU. And he was instrumental to all three of us. Yeah. But he's the first one I see. And he, he gives us this look like y'all are just now getting here. <laughs> <laughs> which you know, when you're in college radio, you have no budget. We're driving up to Massachusetts okay. that day. Might might have been
1: one of the worst drives ever. Yeah, not it might have been. That's for my record. Yeah, that's probably, yeah, the worst,
0: no. probably the worst. Nope. drive I've ever
1: been on. I mean, it was like a six or seven hour drive. It
0: took us twelve hours. It, I don't. It was the worst. Is that that what, one which, you're which, saying which it was is?
2: supposed to be snowing or something? Which, Bad which,
3: weather. What's What's weird is when we came back the day after, and I mentioned this to to, uh, to Ruben before. I had no voice. My voice started going during the second half of the game. But we're driving back, and for some reason, we pull off the interstate, and uh, next thing I know, we're in the parking lot of a Toys R Us in Brooklyn.
1: No, it was the Bronx. It was the Bronx. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It was the Bronx.
3: Okay.
0: I had no idea what was going on.
3: <laughs> I, noticed, yeah. I just knew I couldn't
0: talk. <laughs> Because we had talked about doing the women's game at Duke, like the the women were in Minnesota. Oh, we won't go in there. That's too far. Well, the the the
3: student the student activities office wanted us to do both, but they wouldn't pay us to go to do both. Yeah, they weren't gonna fly us or nothing. So whatever, you put us on a plane. That's different. And And besides, back then the women made the NCAA tournament every year yeah yeah so but this was the first time the men had gone in like a decade so and, that, and that's why
0: hey, we yeah. had to go there okay and right. plus it was connecticut it was drivable or so we yeah. thought
1: <laughs> it wasn't yeah. connecticut it was, it was like yeah. massachusetts yep Worcester, oh, was it? Massachusetts. yeah it was worse massachusetts man i thought it was mohegan sun i, mean, I don't know
0: it's, i don't think mohegan <laughs> sun was open yet back i don't time. even know man all i know it was a long drive and it took way longer than it should have and we got to the hotel changed in probably like 10 minutes which was crazy. And we were hustling because we were still about 40 minutes away from the arena. And we're just like, keep it in overtime, keep it in overtime. And they did, so it was awesome. But yeah, I mean, that was, you know, that was probably one of the cooler moments. Um, You know, we had, you know, we've had, you know, some of the guests that we would have after the games were pretty cool. Um, You know, we also- Patelius is always the favorite. Father Cecilius, <laughs> yes. He was always funny. And then we had the group of guys behind us um, who liked Yonko and they were called, somehow somebody named them the lights. I don't know where the hell that came from. But yeah, that's that was that. And then of course, I would think probably for me, the craziest game I ever called was when Moby and I
1: went to Drexel and Jeff was at the station and that was the first game I ever was on Was it? Yeah, that was my first game uh,
0: And I never called play-by-play whole it's, new respect
1: uh, for play-by-play, man
0: All day all, I, I understood what JD was doing Because JD called play-by-play And it was just like I'm sitting out, I'm trying And it, I got the hang of it, but it was It was crazy But the craziest part about it was It was a game-winning basket For us And we won. We were us. It was us in the ESPN local um, radio team, FM radio team. And we ended up getting, um, uh, who made that winning shot? I can't remember his name. Yeah, Dahi. And we ended up getting Dahi, which was dope because we never get like the hero. (laughs) (laughs) So we got Dahi and the coolest thing is we're interviewing him and literally I lie to you not at Drexel their basketball court is like everything
1: literally the volleyball court right
0: afterwards they converted to volleyball in like 10 minutes (laughs) and before we got off the air they're playing volleyball like rec league volleyball it was crazy and it was just like what and then it was like three levels and all I mean but I guess in the middle of the city you kind of got to do it all but yeah that was that was crazy But yeah, so, I mean, we spent a lot of, I would say we spent a lot of college time together, especially with sports. And now, you know, shoot, I don't know, 10 plus years later, you know, we got, I'm on a pod, I got a podcast, you know, and JD's writing books all day. So I guess the first question is, what, like, what was, why'd you wanna write books?
3: Well, interestingly, interestingly enough, all, all of all of that stemmed from the life I had before I met all y'all. Back in middle and high school, I was a big comic book geek and I wanted to be a comic book writer. I wanted me to be too. comic book artist. So when I originally enrolled in ODU, it was to be an artist. I was studying to be an art major because I had applied to the Savannah College of Art and Design in Georgia and they accepted me, which was great. Wait a you, you applied
1: to SCAD? Yeah. <laughs> Man, True. that that was—I I used to live right down the street from SCAD, like when they first started the program. <laughs> why? That, why did SCAD sounds really bad? <laughs> That's just what they called it. Savannah College of Art and Design, SCAD.
3: <laughs> well, the problem—the problem was tuition was twenty four thousand, and they were only giving me twelve grand in aid.
1: I can see that being a problem. Cool
3: problem. <laughs> I mean I mean I'm 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 not great at math, but even I could do that equation. So I wound up getting into ODU and I wound up going to ODU because they were giving me 12 grand in aid, but the bill was only nine grand. So I could do that math too. This guy's making money going to school. <laughs> so two years in, I come to realize that being an art student is a lot different than being an artist, and I decide I don't want to do it anymore. But I still like the writing aspect of things. So I switched over to journalism in the English department. And before I joined WODU, I was actually at the Mason Crown, the student newspaper. Um, There was a time that I was the sports department at the newspaper. So there was a period of time about a year and a half to two years where I'm calling the games on the radio and I'm writing the story in the paper. Um, There was one time where me and uh, another guy we did radio with, Andre Jones, we went and called a game at James Madison. Well, to get there, we had to take the fan bus, which meant that pretty much as soon as the game was over, we had to be on the bus to come back. So I couldn't stick around for the post-game press conference. So I wound up asking Harry Minium, who was the beat writer at the Virginian Pilot, if he would send me some quotes from the press conference that I could use in my story. I gave him credit and everything. Fortunately, I don't know what possessed him to help me out, but he did. And I'm forever grateful to him for it. But I got so wound up in the sports world that therefore, from the period that we met till I graduated in 2006, I wasn't doing a whole lot of writing. I had taken all my creative stuff and I had shelved it i was too busy with the sports stuff and it looked like that was where my career was going to take me and sure enough that's that's where it has taken me not exactly where i thought i would be but you know it's a good living once once i got out of college um slowly but surely the creative itch came back so slowly but surely i started dipping my toes in the water and then about 2014 I finally finished one of my books for the first time ever it was the first time I had ever started a book and actually finished it and then I just decided why not put my why put myself through the boring painstakingly dull process of trying to find an agent and a publisher and all that and just publish it myself you know with the internet being what it is today and Amazon being what it is if you write a book, you can publish it yourself. You don't have to wait for somebody else to tell you, yeah, what you wrote is good enough for publishing. You can do it yourself. It's a lot more work because if you sign up with a traditional publisher, you give them your work and then they handle the editing. They handle the book cover. They handle marketing and release dates and press junkets and all of that. All you have to worry about is writing the book. Well, when you self-publish, everything that I just mentioned, I'm responsible for. I have to write the book, then I have to edit it, I have to have somebody else edit it, I got to worry about a cover, marketing, all of that, it's all on me. Now, that sounds like a lot of work, and it is, but I I like the control it gives me because I know I'm in control every step of the way. I don't have a company looking over my shoulder going we don't like that. We think you should change it to this. So nowadays I've got six books I've published so far, and nice. they're all exactly the way I wanted to write them because while it's a lot of work, it's also, I have control over every
0: step of the process. Nice, nice. So um, has anybody reached out to maybe take some of that control for you? No, Nope, awesome. not, no, not yet. Okay. Now that, that that's not to
3: say someday down the road I won't pursue traditional publishing, because there are a lot of writers today who are a combination of both. They've got some work that they publish themselves, and some that they go for one of the big publishers for. But that's a lot of extra work and a lot of time. You got to learn how to write a query letter. You got to look for an agent. You've got to submit your stuff, and you can go weeks or months at a time before you hear back. And nine times out of ten, the answer you're going to hear is no. So I'm not saying I'll never do it, but right now it's 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 not where I want to be publishing-wise.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, um, and I know AG is, has started to read a couple books. Um, I believe her name is Jill Anderson? Yep,
1: yeah, Jill yep. Anderson.
0: Yeah, so what, I mean, so I guess first thing, Jill Anderson is probably the... Protagonist of your of your your um, novels, I would say, is that a fair asses- assessment?
3: Yeah, um, yeah, my series—it's uh, a combination murder mystery superhero. book. She's a cop and a superhero, which when I, I created her, when I was f- fifteen, it was the first time I ever created it, and I just like the concept of a cop who's also a superhero. Now that I'm almost forty and and things are the way they are, that's become a little interesting to write sometimes <laughs> but it, she's not the first character I created but she's, first, she's the first character i published so I, I, I've got a special place for her and I, I don't see myself not writing
0: her anytime soon okay and guys jump in you know if you have a question but before somebody joins I'm gonna ask one more question so what so one of the things I, I wish we could have had you on the show months ago um, just when the world seemed like it was blowing up mm-hmm. but you know having um, writing writing for writing police and with the world the way it was six to eight months ago, how did that well first of all did that affect anything? Um, as far as how you thought about writing or did it cause you to go back and think about how you wrote Jill before or anything like that? Well, and, and
3: this is really the sad commentary on where we are. Um, I wrote and published a book in 2016 called Behind the Badge. It's the third book in the series. And the story of that one is almost literally ripped from the headlines. I pulled a law and order. Um, Uh on this Uh, the 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 freddie gray case in baltimore where he, he they threw him in the back of one of their tactical vans and he got busted up and he wound up dying in the hospital so the case in that book wound up mirroring the freddie gray case to an extent and that was what four years ago i wrote that book and not only are we still dealing with these issues in some ways, they seem like they're worse than they were back then. And really, when I wrote it, it was just a case of me wanting to know how would Jill react to a case like that. Because when I when I write Jill as a cop, I like to write her as as cops should be. Okay. what we all like to think a good cop is. So I I wrote it really wanting to see how would she react if she's thrown into a situation where her murder victim is someone who was killed by her own colleagues. And the most difficult part of writing that was writing it in such a way that it was true to who she is, while at the same time it didn't feel like I was trying to stand up and preach to people. I'm, I'm very much on the Black Lives Matter, reform the police side of the fence. Uh, I was back then; I still am now. And to answer your question, yes, that does color the way I write these books and the way I write this series. Even so much as to the point of do Do I want to consider a future in which Jill's no longer a cop? Do 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 I Do I take this series? and the storyline to the logical conclusion that she operates within a department that is, at its essence, corrupt. Which is not all that far from reality because Baltimore police have been corrupt for seemingly forever. Um, My grandmother lives up in Western Maryland and they get one of the Baltimore TV stations And it seems like every other story on the Baltimore Evening News is either a a homicide or the cops are being accused of of doing something. So I I don't think you can write anything involving law enforcement and not have current events color the way you write it, even if you don't do it consciously. Mm -hmm. But I, I think part of the reason we view law enforcement the way we do as a society is due in part to the fiction that surrounds i mean look at all the shows on television and we've got three different law and orders how many different csis um Blue Bloods? you know we've got shows about federal law enforcement the fbi ncis all of that stuff so i think We see that and we think that's what law enforcement really is. And then we see the reality of what they're doing and it it doesn't mesh. So I I think the 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 fiction of police work colors our perceptions of it. And I think if I'm not tackling that in some way, then I I don't want to say I'm liable or responsible, but at the same time There is a disconnect there between in the real world we need to refund the police but here in my fiction i'm not touching any of that at all
1: okay awesome well i was kind of going to jump in um you know um i'm gonna ruin my street cred here but i'm actually a really big reader i i I do a lot of reading and i remember back when you know me and you were um at WOD, we I used to talk to you because you know y'all two are big comic book nerds, as they would say, and I am a comic book fan too, just maybe not on the on the front. On the you know, you got to dig a little deeper to find out my comic book comic book. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm also. um an avid reader of a lot of political and law books like i was wondering like um who are some writers that you know you read because like i I read ben coes brad thor um vince flynn i'm Mm -hmm. i'm big on those which i just downloaded um bounty the first one so i'm gonna Mm -hmm. start reading that because i'm interested to see how you meshed the law into the sci-fi because that's that's a really interesting and i feel like a very difficult thing to mesh without it you know either leaning on corny or leaning on like too too politicized uh, so i mean i mentioned it. I'm it interested. Right. <laughs> so i mean it, I, it, I, I know you're on a balancing act or try to do it, a, yes. a, a true life detective thing and then oh but she has superpowers <laughs> it, it is it is a,
3: it is a balancing act it, it's not one i always get right um well, you ask about some of the some of the writers I read. i'm I'm starting to dive a bit, a lot more into nonfiction reading as well. I read political books. Um, I, I read a book earlier this year by Eric Tyson, Eric Michael Tyson, I, th- I think that's his name. It, it was a book about Barack Obama's presidency. It was called the Black President, pre- or President while Being Black or something like that. And it was eye opening. Now, I, I understood on a surface level that, that race played a factor in his eight years and the mess that has followed in the four years since. I didn't understand to what extent, because clearly, but, and I just started reading um, his memoir, A Promise Lamp. That, that he just took out, put out this week. I think one of the things I have to start doing is reading more Black voices. And not just for my own education, but to your point about how does that seep into my work? Particularly when, you know, Baltimore is in a lot of areas a very densely populated African American city and i can't not go there as an author but if i'm going to go there i need to be equipped with knowledge not firsthand knowledge because <laughs>
1: <laughs> but to your point I'm sorry is man about- you've been to a few cookouts it's okay <laughs> <laughs>
3: but to, to your point it is a balancing act because i do feel like my my books have a point to make but at the same time i can't beat people over the head with them because people can tell when you're beating them over the head with something and that turns them off because at the end of the day these are still works of fiction um so i i have to be true to what the characters in the city they inhabit are and i have to be true to my own opinions and I understand that's going to turn some people off. Um, the book I mentioned, Behind the Badge, it is by far my worst-selling book. I, I literally, there are five books in the series. I literally have people who will read one, two, then skip to four and five. Wow! Never mind the fact that there are plot elements in Behind the Badge that affect the later books. People will people will read the synopsis for Behind the Badge and decide, I don't want to read that. And I can't make them read it. Hmm. But at the same time, I've come to the conclusion that if you're of an opinion when it comes to Black Lives Matter and Reform the Police that is diametrically opposed to mine, you're not going to enjoy these books. And to be perfectly frank, I don't want you to enjoy these books. Um Kurt Cobain, the late singer of Nirvana, once said that he didn't want sexists, racists, and homophobes to buy his band's music. He didn't want those people to fans And and I feel the same way. And the one bright spot of the Trumpian era, so to speak, is the people on that side are so loud and so upfront about this sort of thing that they're easy to spot. And they, they can come after me all they want. I'm not changing who I am. I'm not changing what I write. And, and they can scream at me all they want that they're not gonna buy my books. I'm perfectly fine with that. Now I will now, I will I will take the financial loss to know they're not in my corner.
1: Now now when you were, were writing the, the third book, did you make that choice beforehand or was that just like a unintended consequence that on later reflection you've realized that you you kind of alienated a pocket of people.
3: It it wasn't a, it wasn't a decision, but I knew when I wrote it that you know there are some people who are not going to like what this book has to say. But it goes back to what I said earlier about being true to the characters, being true to myself, and the the fact that that book is just one fictionalized example of a problem that we see over and over and over and over and over again if 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 the fact that i wrote about it upset somebody that badly i that's a that's not my problem b i'm not going to cater my writing to you like that i'm going to write the story that needs to be written and the people who write who like it will like it The people who don't oh well there's plenty of other books out there for it all
2: right all right ag you got anything no, actually, they all answered all the questions that I had written down. Um, the only thing I do have I mean you kind of you kind of touched on it before, but when you developed Jill when you were fifteen, mm-hmm. how long did it take you to come to some sort of conclusion at that point Because you know I mean every character has an arc and it changes over time as you get older or whatever, but that initial that initial spark, how long did it take you to develop a character?
3: Uh ooh. years. Okay. Um, partly because you know, when I created her, I had created all these other characters and for a couple of years, I was focusing a lot more on them than I was on her. Okay. Um, when I created her, the, the, the literal thought process was, I already have a male superhero for a book there. I need a female superhero. Boom, there she is. I'll work on her book later. But then, like I said, once I got to college, figured out art wasn't really my thing anymore and then i met these other two knuckleheads and then started going along the the, the sports media route joe kind of sat quiet for a long time and i didn't really revisit her until i got out of school and decided i wanted to do something a little bit more than just work nine to five so it it took years before she became anything more than just hey, this would be a cool character for me to be one day. Okay. It wasn't until about 10 years ago that she actually came to me full-fledged, as in, here are my personality traits, here's my origin story, X, Y, Z, and all the other stuff. Okay. It was a very long, slow, drawn-out process.
2: Because I picked the... I went out and bought the... I didn't go out and buy anything. I got it on Amazon because, <laughs> you know, I ain't about to try to leave because I ain't trying to leave the house. Don't worry about it.
3: But anyway, I,
2: I, I got um, Betrayal, which I wanted to get the last one. But then I was like, I went through everything. I said, I think all these are connected. But I didn't catch that this was a superhero at all until like maybe the first like four or five pages. I was like, is this some Wolverine stuff going on? So then I looked back at the uh, the cover and I was like, okay, she's got some sort of metal ex a metal skeleton, some bioinfrastructure that's not, you know, skin and bone. And I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. But now I figure, do I have to go back to book one to really
0: understand? Hold on, um, man. Did what? you hear the term bio infrastructure? That's what it is. That might be the biggest word that's ever been on this show. <laughs>
2: You're saying uh, a lot. I just wanted to point that you out. You are saying a lot about this show right now, man. <laughs> and that, none of it's hey, good. None hey, of it's which, good.
0: It's, a it's telling show. on yourself, Ruben. No, it's a simple show, and we don't talk about things like bioinfrastructure. You right, I mean, it's simple. I mean, so what, I guess,
3: I'm, guess, I'm guessing you are all never gonna have Dr. Fauci on as a guest.
0: <laughs> no. Uh, not at all. No. That do dude's never talking to me. No, but, but um, I'm I'm just saying, if you think
2: about <laughs> what she's built on, that's exactly what it is.
3: I mean so, I, so selfishly yes go back to book one and start from scratch but I, I even though the books are linked together story-wise particularly from behind the badge on okay um i do try to write them in such a way that if somebody does drop in in one of the later books the way you did you're not sitting there for 30 pages wondering what the hell's going on because
2: that was my next question i was wondering if what's starting to brew right now is something that I could have picked up like four or five books ago, so that's what, um, that's, that's good to know. You
3: you, you could have. Um, there there there's there's a big part of book five, Betrayal, the one you just bought, uh-huh. that will make a ton more sense after you've read Blood Ties, which is book two.
2: So really, I do need to go back. Okay, I understand you, that.
3: Well, you, you'll you'll still catch on because I, I like I said I write it in such a way that even if betrayal is your first book you'll still have an idea okay but the the buildup from one book to the next is an integral part of the series okay i didn't intend for it to be that way. i wanted it to be a series where each book was its own self-contained thing but and any other writer will tell you this we're, we're never in control the characters are in control I hear that. We're, we're just we're just at the mercy of what they do. Okay.
2: I get that. Yeah, cuz I just finished watching the Clone Wars and that answered a lot of questions about Star Wars that I really didn't understand and didn't even know existed. So, I'll just go back. I'll just go back after I'm done with this one.
3: Preemptive thanks for the support.
1: Yes, sir. Well, JD, um this is going to be completely unrelated and totally related all at the same time. Okay. okay. Moby Based on our based on our sports history uh-huh. and then based on this character uh-huh. I shamelessly thought this was you basically spitting in the face of Brady Anderson and his steroid season. Because basically <laughs> you said this is Brady Anderson's sister who juiced herself. Wow.
3: <laughs> <Now> what
2: book <laughs> is this
1: in?
3: For, 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 first of all, the last thing spelled wrong for it to be that way. Uh, I, spell, I spell it S-E-N, not S O L. I realize that, but... And, and, <laughs> Wow, that is an interesting interpretation of the text. I will admit, <laughs> I did not. I did not have that in mind. It so is Moby, man. He, That's he how won. Moby roll. That's so how costly. Moby roll. <laughs> he, he, well, you, you know, uh, the the Orioles do play a pretty large role a lot of times in the in the series because you you write about what you know about the city, and what I know is that is a diehard Orioles town. I know that. <laughs> they, they, they they love their Ravens too, but Baltimore will always be a baseball town.
2: Yeah, and that answers my next. My I had another question. I was going to ask you about that very thing. Does everything take place on the, the Mid Atlantic area
3: and or the Baltimore area? The the, the the entire series is set in in Baltimore. Okay. okay. Um, I decided when I when I finally got serious about doing the series, I wanted it to be a big city, but I didn't want it to be New York, LA, or Chicago because. Everyone does those, right? And like I said, my grandma has that channel, and every other news story on that channel is murder or police corruption. So Baltimore seemed like the perfect city, and it, and it's close enough to where, even though I, I've never lived there, I've been there multiple times, and I can get sort of a feel uh, of the city, the good parts and the bad parts. Um, tell you a quick story. I used, to, I used to work in the athletic department at Hampton University here in Virginia. And there was one time I was traveling with the volleyball team. We were going up to Baltimore to play Coppin State. I don't know if any of you know where in Baltimore Coppin State is. No, where is that? <laughs> the, the, the way y'all bus laughing to... is in the
2: hood, ain't
3: it? <laughs> uh, let, me, let, me, let me tell you, our, our volleyball coach at the time was uh, a Hispanic man from Inglewood, California. Okay. Who had seen some stuff in his day. Right. We turn the bus into the parking lot. He looks at the surroundings behind him, then goes to the bus driver like, this thing's locked, isn't it? Wow. Wow. <laughs> It's like yeah, conversation
0: hood, man. Conversation in the hood. Wow, I didn't know that. If, I mean, if your if your if your school is in a city, and state is at the end of it, eight times out of ten, it's probably in a hood. Well, where's
2: Temple? Because Temple's not a state.
0: But but it's not t- called Temple State. I didn't realize that. But <laughs> I'm just saying. But, Del- but Delaware State hood. Really? Virginia G- State sort of hood. Okay. I, I don't know, about, I, don't know about yeah. Del- I don't know about Delaware State being in the hood
3: i don't know dover ha- it, i don't know, if, I don't bitter, know dover's big enough to have a
1: hood i was about to say like what what classifies this hood in dover I mean, <laughs> Del- Del- delaware delaware state
3: is literally right across
1: the street from a nascar track that don't really
3: is that close i don't know yeah they're, they're literally right across the street from each other i had no idea i've been yeah, about a track I many mean- times De- Delaware State will charge people to park on their campus and go to the race. They make more money doing that than they do hosting wow. football games.
2: Wow! If
0: that's not hood tendencies, I don't know what is. And by the way, <laughs> I appreciate
2: another NASCAR fan on this show because you know, Ruben got all kind of things to say.
0: Well, yeah, because NASCAR's not a sport. That's right. You know, he's heard it many times. <laughs> this, this ain't the if, first if, time if, he's ever going to hear it.
3: If I if I had five dollars for every time we had that argument on our show back in the day. <laughs> I would have probably paid my student loans off by now.
0: Wow. <laughs> Literally, on, on spite, we would end the show, and blah, blah, and the last <laughs> thing you said is, NASCAR is not a sport.
3: And Ruben's, Ruben's sign-off was, NASCAR is not a sport. You remember and, it. And,
1: yep. Don't be Kwame. Yep. Don't <laughs> Don't be Kwame Brown. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Look, look, A.G., man. <laughs> petty started when I was much younger, man. I mean, you know my I, college years, the petty was it straight up. Yep. Never and been. I was dead. And and J.D. will always look at me like this.
3: <laughs> you know, what, I mean, I, just
2: got, it just,
0: to, I it just, just
3: got to the point where I didn't respond anymore. I was like, you know what? He's not he worth not a response. He's
2: never really been worth a response But sometimes, I'm just saying
3: Because he's going to say all the same stuff he's always said I'm going to say all the same stuff I've always said And neither one of us is going to change anybody's mind Understood I Yeah, understood. but when you control the
2: off button
0: You always have the last word
3: <laughs> and
2: you can't, is what it is. I'm just saying, if you can't get your show out Because I'm me, I'm just saying I control a little bit too, so what are you doing? I mean, you can cut it
0: <laughs> Then I just say, I keep saying it more
2: And just make you work hard. No, nah, I just want to give it to you.
0: I mean, <laughs> that's real dirty. That's real dirty. Oh, and what you do is it? I mean, I
2: gotta
0: find a way around that.
2: Cause you better find a way. Cause if you piss me off, I'll just be like, oh, I ain't gonna got you. I ain't got your show. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa! Who's going to the whole piss? What? Piss what, off what, off what? 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 We going to the piss off? Hey,
1: I'm, I'm neutral. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm neutral on this, man. <laughs> I mean, next you going to
3: Switzerland on
1: this? Yeah, I'm neutral <laughs> I mean, on this. <laughs>
0: Next thing you know, you're going to breathe on me. i have to send you to the cops.
2: Oh, now that is interesting. Because, see, if I was going to breathe on you, I would wear a pool doily, too. Just saying.
1: Uh, nice segue. Hey, hey. I do what I can,
0: man. I do what I can. <laughs> so, so, J.D., this is the part where we start talking about other stuff. And, of course, you know, some dude decided he wanted to breathe on two women. And they decided, yeah, we, we we don't like that. Can you arrest him? <laughs> so that's what happened. They apparently, good old President Trump, it isn't one of his fault, actually. No. For the, one no. of the few things. Um, You know, he decided he wanted to go play golf up in Sterling, Virginia. And then, you know, they saw, two winners saw arguing this dude. He wasn't wearing a mask. Shot her. And he breathed on him. And they were just like, no, nah, man, that's not cool. So they um, went to the, I guess they went to the police, and they were just like, well, you got to go to the magistrate to get a, um, to file, excuse me, to file charges. And that's what they did. They filed charges um, for with assault because the dude blew on them. Well, the most interesting
2: thing to me, as far as I'm concerned, is the dude was wearing a pool floaty. Now, I'm, I'm thinking about all of the surroundings. I'm thinking about the time of year. I'm thinking about just normal, like, you know, even kill people. And when I thought about that, I put it all together. Not one time did I think about somebody with a pool floaty outside of the water in the winter time.
0: Because he did to get attention. He figured Trump's here with a pool floaty. He might laugh and point at him. He could be like, he pointed being the idiot that he is, and I mean it's, really, we're going to I mean, this dude ain't Tiger. I mean, you know we can go watch the president play golf and I promise That's you, you
2: I promise you in a place like Loudoun County, Virginia, they do not appreciate all this bad press they, I mean, might, is, they but, might agree with Trump all day long, but they do not appreciate this bad press Well, they, they don't necessarily
0: agree either, but the thing about it is um, apparently a lot of people watch the president they want to get a glimpse of the president when he's golfing. Really? Okay, I mean, that's I understand. That's what people start struck. I get it.
2: But I'm just letting you know this dude showed up with a pool floaty with no pool. I will mean, never come out of that. I, this is the only thing I got out of it because when I read it, I read it three times to make sure <laughs> that what I read was actually what I'm reading. I'm like, are you for real? Cause it was bad enough that he's like breathing on people with no mask, and actually the law should catch up to that stuff and make it at least a misdemeanor, because of what the COVID nineteen is. However, some, st- some states it has. Oh, it has. Okay, yeah. but yeah. for yeah. real, when I'm looking at this, I'm like,
0: this dude had a floaty on. Come on, you gonna, man. How you gonna, how you gonna mention a floaty and not mention the important thing that the floaty had Trump's face on it? Of yeah, I should
2: mention that, but I just figured that you know what, nah. you're absolutely right. Now it's even more interesting because this dude had a floaty with Trump's face on it, and the article didn't say anything about it. The, I around mean, well, his the headline that should have been in the headline, dude. I mean, he had a dude around his waist. What, dude? I'm like, this the headline should have read, dude, with. Uh, Trump floaty breeze on somebody. That should have been the headline, not the headline that I saw. I'm just saying, man. I'm like, wow. I,
1: I was just thinking. But well, first of all, I agree that the law needs to catch up. Because I mean, if you spit on somebody, that's considered assault. Yes, it is. So I mean, in these COVID times, breathing on—I mean, that's that's assault. Exactly. But I, I was just thinking, man. These are the most progressive people ever. The first people ever to press charges on somebody for having bad breath. Yo. Like how many times have you been stuck <laughs> in a conversation with somebody, and you wish you could arrest them for that? <laughs> and all you can do is offer them a mint. I'm just you know saying. what I'm saying. You got you gotta be casual about it. I'm like, hey, thirsty? You thirsty? I mean, you, you, I got a fruit fruit punch over here. You want some gum? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I usually just I, got try, you, dog. I just and breathe these, through my and mouth. And these people
1: just went straight to, hey, man. Um, if you don't get up by my face, I'm gonna have to arrest you for that breath, man. Like that's <laughs> citizens arrest up ahead, man. Like we. <laughs> ah, can you imagine? Wild. Can you imagine somebody being served for that? Like you being, you know, you got a warrant out for your arrest. What breath? <laughs> <laughs> I nah, mean, but I mean, you...
2: you laughing. But if any one of those two ladies shows up, uh, COVID uh, positive. Oh, you can't. Oh, yeah. They have complications, and somebody gets really hurt or dies. Man, Yo, I'll be I'll that's be murder. Dirty. That's I'll murder. Murder. You're talking, you're talking
1: about assault and voluntary manslaughter, Ooh. civil suit. You talking about all types of things, man? Yeah, exactly. Man.
2: You can keep playing if you want to, man. I'm telling you, man, that is not cool. But no, we are gonna talk about that floaty though. We ain't talking about that.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Literally, that floaty is like in one paragraph, a of, of one sentence in a whole article. First and of all, we how, more, more time on the floaty than the actual. Dude. come on! How did dude.
1: they even get in a conversation with somebody with a floaty? Because I'm not even talking to somebody <laughs> wearing a floaty. You know what I'm saying? Just
3: not es- doing especially, it, especially a Donald Trump floaty. Yeah, I'm just not doing it. Like I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying I'm staying away from that them. person.
0: <laughs> like, you stay I over mean, there. I mean, he was wearing a Trump shirt and an inflatable pool tube with Trump's likeness on it around his waist. We got yeah. nothing to say to each other. The, the, yeah. to
3: it, this, this isn't a politician. This is a cultural personality. Yeah, this this you, I you, mean, you 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 never saw a Ronald Reagan floaty, Well, not that people nah. took out their house.
2: <laughs> we were different. It,
3: it's it's like I said earlier. These people are glad to tell on themselves true and we were talking about it a couple um, weeks in, ago in, man in, I mean, in, in a way in a way i'm glad they are because it makes it easier to stay away from them
2: we were saying those very words on election week we sure were so
0: i mean this. i mean death by floaty, man death by floating <laughs> right.
3: it's 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 like i i used i used to tell people over time i wish there was a way for me to tell someone's a butt without me having to interact with them and then lo and behold we got trump buck Trump bumper stickers and Make America Great Again hats. There you go.
2: Not wrong. Not wrong. Yo, man, Silver Spoons, man. We got to talk about Silver Spoons, man.
0: Why does he look so pitiful in the picture? I don't Yo, know. he looked like somebody just shot his dog in a picture, Well, man. maybe because
2: he looks like that because he's, he's finally finished off the rest of his career by doing this.
0: I thought it was already done.
2: Well, I'm just saying he finished it off.
0: I mean, he did Silver
2: Spoons 40 years ago, man. That's crazy. No, but he was on NYPD Blue. He's had work. Like I said, he was doing Silver Spoons 40 wow. years ago. Wow. Come
0: oh, on, man. Up. <laughs> he end up, did he end up killing himself on NYPD Blue? I don't know. I didn't watch the show. Exactly. Nobody did.
2: That's not true. That show was on yeah, for years. That's not I watched
0: it briefly, but I don't remember. Yeah, he was a horrible cop.
3: Well. Weren't they all? <laughs> well. And what's sad is I didn't know, I didn't even know who y'all were talking about till so you mentioned NYPD Blue and that's when it clicked. Wow. Ah, you silver spoons Spoon? Spoon doesn't mean anything now.
2: Oh, that's right. No I keep forgetting you're not old.
1: <laughs> I just want hey JD, thank you because I felt the same way. Like they were saying silver spoons. Man, I'm like I keep okay. Forgetting. You say NYPD. I'm like oh okay. I yeah. keep forgetting man. It, ten, then, ten, ten years.
3: Okay.
2: Ten years is a long time. That's a big gap. But he, Ricky Schroeder started out with. Uh, what, what's called his real name? Man, I don't know. Well, anyway, they start Alfonso. on Silver Alfonso Spoons. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Alfonso Riviera. They start, yeah, they start on uh, Silver Spoons together back yeah, in the kinda... about the early mid 80s. And yeah, that's I'm the good. first time I see Jason Bateman was on that show, Alfonso Ribeiro was on that show and, and the show it,
0: was terrible.
2: No, it wasn't. It was awesome, man. It had Linda and Linda what was it? Linda Not Linda Grey. The show was terrible. No, it wasn't, man. Why you stop? Why is everything the show terrible? was like good. Anyway, we going on without you. Anyway, like I said, that's where it started. <laughs> so that's where older people know Ricky Schroeder from. That man, and Man, uh, won't nothing
0: but it won't nothing but a reverse uh uh different strokes, man. It how was you figure terrible.
2: that no how you figure that? No one was adopted. What? Ricky Schroeder was adopted. He was adopted. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I thought, like I said. This,
1: this old this old folk conversation. It really is. <laughs> it, really is. <laughs> it really is.
2: It still wasn't a good show. Though. Man, we moving on, man. Anyway, that's where he, that's where my first introduction to him was. But this whole thing with him saying—I think the biggest thing that I got from the article was—he claims that this kid is innocent—and
0: I'm like, he—he he killed a couple people. What are you talking about? So, man, so, I was done with this article after the second paragraph. Yeah, we have said, to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Schroeder, avid supporter of gun ownership and 30-year NRA member. Yeah, I was done. Like, I, 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 I couldn't even remotely defend this dude. Because you gave money to $100,000 to help, you know, free Kyle Rittenhouse. And it's like, dude, he walked across state lines to kill some people. Yep. Like, really? He had his mom drive him. Yeah. He couldn't even drive himself. And, and, yet, and yet he had that gun. And he walked past police. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, they it in hey! he's got an AR-15 in his head.
3: Like,
2: well, hey, up? it's like JD <laughs> said.
3: <laughs> look, That's look all. and and this is and this is the one time this is one time mm-hmm. where Twitter was a benefit because I saw all this unfold in real time on my timeline. Wow. So wow. it was it was horrifying in the moment, but now to see you know, I mentioned earlier a cult of personality. There's a cult of personality around this kid. I mean, we yeah. we've got I don't remember the guy's name, but it was one of these Republicans that just won their congressional race, and he's screaming, all caps on Twitter, Kyle Rittenhouse for Congress. A, he's too young, B, I don't know if you can run for federal office when you're a convicted felon, but if anybody can do it, it's probably Republican.
2: Don't laugh, because <laughs> Trump was our last president. I'm just telling you right I mean now. Anything possible. Exactly.
0: I'm waiting for him to pardon himself, because you know what's going to happen. And you know That's Trump not- could do this. Trump yeah. could do that. He, he, he... Everything about what they look like. From I nature. mean, I guess, I guess. Because let's be real. If the Bachelor was not as they say cute or fine or whatever,
1: you think they'd be there? Yes they, I do because they want them. to be on TV. Oh, but they be there for the wrong reasons. Not saying well, they, they, they all they there the for wrong the wrong reasons. reasons anyway. All them I mean, shit trying they, to be on TV.
0: Some of these people trying to get married. But it is what it is. Hold on, hey, bro. bro. Some of them made it.
1: I'm just saying, some of them made it. I mean, you can look at me like that all you want, but you you, you mean people... to tell me that these attractive women are so desperate to get married to some dude that they have to go on tv to find the love of their life man miss me with that these chicks trying to be on tv yeah, man. that's what, what this is about well what i'm saying is some of the some of the women
0: and i can't speak for all of them but some of the women are trying to get access to a type of dude that they want and that's what the bachelor gives them an access to
1: that type of guy because you write. yeah and it ain't the bachelor it's it's they want to get this celebrity up or they fame up so they can go find somebody else well, one, and they can maybe be famous in the process one you could get the bachelor two you can make a good impression so you can
0: become the bachelorette or three now they got these other spin-offs like bachelor in paradise and all this other bachelor stuff so like really once you get in the in the
1: thing it's not even about it's not even about necessarily just... Bro, ain't nobody going I, up there trying to find a forever person. But none of them. But none do. of them are trying to. Yeah, but they do. This ain't
0: Temptation Island. We ain't talking about that crap. I mean, 17... What, 16 seasons strong? I'm just saying. 16 years strong? I'm not saying it's the greatest show ever, or anything like that. But there are people who find their person, or they find... Or they have get access to... Finding their person. Maybe they don't find it on that show. Maybe they find it on a separate show. I mean, I'm not saying it's good, bad, or indifferent. I'm just saying it's what it is. And yes, you're right. Some people just want to be on TV. Heck, I mean, let's be real. All these people want to be on TV. Thank you. That's all I'm saying. They all just there to be on TV. That's the the only reason why you would do something like this. Well, that and probably get access to other people. But once again, all these people up here real talk would never get turned down by the average dude and if the average dude does turn these people down it's not because of what they look like it's about their personality so with that being said i mean it is the most shallow show on television and then on top of that you know the body shaming yeah that that dude's a douchebag for that you know and all these other people are douchebags for that too however the question is you know, if you're gonna put a plus size model or a plus size man on this show, then are you gonna put a plus size bachelor or a plus size bachelorette? I mean, very possible. But here's what it is, man. I'm a big guy. That don't mean I love big women. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and that's kind of the way I feel about it. It's like basically you're saying, hey, we should put a plus size model there, so they can quote unquote have a chance they don't have a chance on this type of show
1: because the show is too shallow for it I'm well not- that's not true but you they can have a chance if you pick the guy that was per you know maybe wanted that well that's it and that's what it all comes down to it's like everybody's mad well they
0: only picking these type of people it's about who the bachelor or the bachelorette wants
1: and but i don't ha- even think that it, it's about what they're trying to put on TV. It's about what they're trying to market.
0: Yeah, so I believe out of the 20 or 30 people there for each, there's probably like five of them. Five five people or maybe 10 who are literally like the type of person that person wants. And everybody else is just you know, wall coverings. It just so happens, hey, sometimes you get the wall covering, sometimes you get the actual prize. It happens, but... I mean i just think that i think that are we doing this that we, if we're gonna if something that's gonna happen you just got to make sure it's done for, one for the right reasons and two because if you put if you put somebody up there that the person doesn't want they're gonna be gone on to the first day so why would you put anybody through that you know the bachelor like i watched the first episode because i was curious and because I don't watch this garbage. But the thing about it is, like, it was like 30 women, and I think he shrunk it down to like I don't know, to like 23 after the first day. And then I guess last episode, they brought like six new women in the house. And I'm just like, yo, I mean, it's feast or famine out in that piece. So it's like, you know, is it's all is all about shallowness. So I, I think. If we're gonna start if we're gonna advocate for stuff we need to advocate for the right stuff
1: and like i said can can i can i I just try to who is advocating for this like is anybody really advocating for this or do have we just reached a point in society where we are literally looking for the thing that we want to complain so we can try to cancel something
0: so because of this situation um You know, he went on the reel and condemned about what was said about her. And um ABC declined to comment to Yahoo Life. But then the author of One to Watch, which is a novel that explores what it might be like for a fat woman to star on a show like The Bachelorette, suggests that James had already condoned such behavior by signing up for a show riddled with issues surrounding body image. Because, let's just be honest, like, I mean, literally, man, I don't think that girl's big at all. I don't even, I wouldn't even consider her plus size.
1: Wait a minute, wait a minute. I, so, he, so she's basically saying that The Bachelor is already not down for the cause because he agreed to be on the show. That's what she said. And I think she's an idiot, but it's <sighs> what? Yeah, you,
0: you can't, and, but that's the whole thing, man. That's what I'm saying. The show itself is shallow because like there's like they're, they're saying that Victoria's plus size. She is not plus size. She's not even close to plus size. And it's just like, if you consider that plus size, this show is so shallow.
1: It's like, you just got to know what you're
0: looking at, man.
1: All All right, man. Let me... uh, Man, I don't want to be this guy. But I I don't want to be this guy. But all right. So we mad. So she's mad at old boy for agreeing to be on the show because the show is already demeaning to women by their selective nature and what they find aesthetically pleasing so he is 100 percent can't be down for the cause because he agreed to be on a show with a whole bunch of beautiful women trying to get his attention all right so if this i know it sounds, it sounds no 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 i'm i'm trying to make this like relatable so that anybody who may like agree with that what i think is stupidity like can you know bring it home all right so let's let's reverse this and i'm not gonna say that a woman is being shallow if you know on a show she agrees to be on a show that she knows it's gonna be a whole bunch of dude with six and eight packs up there chiseled looking good I'm not even gonna say she's shallow for that because that's unrelatable because women will be like well women look past you know physical attributes All right, so let's say let's say instead of let's focus on how these dudes look let's say I said hey be the bachelorette it's gonna be 30 broke ass dudes with no jobs no money no bank and she would be like, why would I want to do that to myself? Well, hey, these dudes might have great personality. They might be full of ambition. Like, how are you just going to be so shallow and and not even give these broke dudes a chance? Like, I mean, so why is he shallow for being like, well, I'm cool with you putting you know, 30, 40 fine women around me and seeing which one I select? Like I don't feel like a dude should have to come up there and be like I'm only going to be on your show If there are women all over the spectrum represented I need some big chicks, some tall chicks, some little chicks Some skinny chicks, some white chicks, some dark chicks Like I mean Why, does he, why is that his responsibility? <laughs> like, and, and why can't he be against body shaming But still not necessarily want to be with a bigger woman? Why can't both be the case? Like, I mean, if a dude's like, hey, I don't like, I don't like, B- I don't like big tricks. I don't find them attractive. I ain't knocking them for it. If a woman says, I don't find short dudes attractive, I ain't knocking her for it. That's, that's what she finds attractive. Now, if she, for some reason is like, I hate little motherfuckers," like, all right, you being little, you know, you ain't got to care like that. You you just ain't attracted to them. That's cool. Like, like, it's, it's not like, oh boy, like, I get it everybody feels like he should have just told his friend hey that's not right man you can't do this but let's be honest we all got one friend that says dumb stuff all the time we would be spending all of our energy every time we with this person if we had to fight with them every time they said something stupid the fact that he didn't even really acknowledge it means this ain't the first time he said stupid stuff before and him and his friends probably just be like hey man that's just he's an idiot I mean we love him he cool he's just an idiot and that's always
0: the one who's holding the camera recording stuff <laughs> that's the dude whose camera you should take away but yeah I mean no, I'm with you man because we never hear about this when the Bachelorette's on TV nobody's calling for, for, big, for big dudes on the Bachelorette you know I'm just like the double standard is real but when it's all said and done, look, man, in the, in the article there, women it said, hey, you know, somebody was like, when can we see someone above a size six on the show? And I'm just like, first of all, I understand that the majority of people who watch this show are women. But like, I mean, you, are, you should already know what this show is about. So that's what I don't get. That's what I don't get. You complain about
1: something that you already know what it is. I mean, look man, I don't get. It. You know, we've talked about it. All. It's, it's it's the fragility of um I guess women's self-esteem now when it comes to to body issues that our society has created. But if you ask my opinion, like women ain't helping it because like i don't know i just don't see and i get it because we don't face the same social pressures to look a certain way i guess i mean i guess i'm gonna say i guess very loosely because um on the bachelorette i don't see too many um big dudes up there i don't see no man i don't see no man boobs um not at all You know what I'm saying, like, but you know what I also don't see. I don't see a lot of dudes being like, "Yo, that's messed up." Because like, watch that trash. Even if we did, I mean, I'm just saying. We know, we know what's up. Like, we know. Like, look, as a guy, I know that a large majority of the female population would probably prefer to see a dude take his shirt off and see some abs i'm not saying that's what every chick's looking for i'm just saying i understand that that is stereotypically what the mark for you know the manly man is he's got you know he's ripped do i lose sleep over it no i just know that when i go to the beach i keep my shirt on you know what i'm saying so we all feel good
0: I remember last time. I don't remember the last time I've taken my shirt off in public.
1: Or if I take my shirt off, I'd be like, "Yo, this ain't for you. This is my comfort."
0: Yeah, nobody wants to see that. It's for my
1: comfort. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Ew. No, that means you look away. Yeah. If you don't like it, cool. Somebody else will. Yeah. And I feel. That's what it is. I guess. I guess us as men do have the luxury of feeling like. That's not the only thing we're measured on. But but that's because you I, can't I, take your pants off. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate I hate to equate it. I hate to equate aesthetics to money, but I feel like it's 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 relatable. Like because as a broke dude, I might be like, <clears throat> Yeah, I know if I had more money. I probably would be more sexually appealing to a lot of women. I'm just, I'm just, And you also and have I mean, calling any lady who feel I'm not I'm not saying that women are just shallow in that way. I'm just saying that Yeah, I want to know what you just saying. I'm just saying that society <laughs> has told me that men with more money have more options. <laughs> I like the way you put that together. You had to, you had to slow roll that. Though. Yeah, I ain't calling I ain't saying she a gold digger. I mean. But she does like to be financially stable.
0: I mean, yeah. yeah. She wants security.
1: Yeah, security.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, cause let's be real. A dude who's driving the Benz and me
1: driving my focus or my fusion. I mean yeah, somebody up here I'm like take that L. Yeah, somebody up here said, yo man, a PLS with money got more options. It's just what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I mean listen listen pretty much listen to every hip hop song. <laughs> you ain't got no money. What what's that
0: song? If you ain't got a J-O-B, you ain't going to be with me? I mean, Chris Brown said these D- Johnson ain't loyal. I mean, yeah. Got to get the luxury rental car. That's funny. <laughs> 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 Just for the weekend. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, stop body shaming people, people. I mean, look, man, love yourself. Listening to the five minute warning with Ruben Brown. Search five minute warning on the Spotify app. Peace.
1: Stay safe out there.